Hello and welcome to 120 Outdoors, where the conservation-minded outdoors men and women explore all things hunting and fishing in the lands and waters that make it all happen. Join Chris DePaula and me, Don Klaus, as we discuss the outdoor world in our 120. But wherever you are, we think you just may find this fits your 120 too. Hi, folks. Welcome to 120 Outdoors, and this is episode 44. And we have a great show planned for you today and some interesting topics to discuss. Yeah, we have a, a few things we want to deal with, looking back and looking forward. And uh, one of those is the Recovering America's Wildlife Act of of 2022. That's a, a minor look back that we're going to touch on. Okay. Chris has some good info for us to share uh, concerning the whitetails in Ohio in particular. And that's going to be useful. And uh, this is a bit of looking back, looking forward. Uh, last year, we spoke with Jim Inbody of the American Woodcock Society. He's going to tell us a little bit about what they got done last year and what they plan to do next year. So a uh, couple of couple of good things. For, uh, for now, though, we're pretty happy to have gotten through a, a bit of mild winter so far. It's been a good thing for us. We've no, got, no ice fishing for, for the guys that love the ice fishing. A couple of buddies have, are complaining, but the steelhead fishing has been good. Um, and when the rivers are clear, I know they've been catching a lot of steelhead. I haven't been up in this this uh, in January here, but it's been a crazy winter that there's no ice fishing. The steelhead fishing has been good, and we've had very little snow cover this year. Yeah, everybody been, can't win. No, it's been a, <laughs> compared to last winter when we were dealing. You know, remember we had a a good month stretch there where we had several inches of snow if not feet on the ground yeah we were locked up yeah wasn't fit to go out no no it wasn't and uh, i've been out quite a bit it's yeah. been quite nice i yeah, know we got quite a bit of work done this january which that hasn't been the case the last few years for sure no no we've surpassed what we did last year by leaps and bounds yeah. already and uh who knows we might get some good days yet yeah who knows probably all going to come in february and march here but we'll have to wait and see yeah yeah the weather's going to do what it's going to do that's right well uh Hey, let's start with uh, Recovering America's Wildlife. Um, uh, what do you got on that, Don? Well, I have some disappointment to report. Oh, boy. Uh, um, you, you may have, uh, have noticed or not noticed that we have switched Congresses. You know, we just uh, concluded the 117th Congress of the United States. And with the swearing in of the, the, the new people, uh, we now have the 118th. Well... As things go with bills in the House and the Senate, if if they get to the end and nothing happens, they die. So, as far as Senate Bill 2372, that's the Recovering America's Wildlife Act of 2022, it died with it, that Congress. Okay. So, it uh, all is not lost. It can be reintroduced in the new Congress, but as far as that goes, that page uh, has been turned. Okay. So, uh, your United States senators. Yeah. Which we have two of. In Ohio, in our 120, we have two new ones. We have uh, J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance. And then and then in Pennsylvania, they have this John Fetterman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, there's some new players uh, to talk to. So, at the when the time comes, don't hesitate to bend their ear, uh, contact them to, to get that... Uh, 
get that happening. So not all is lost. There's a good possibility it could be reintroduced. Yes. Okay, that's good. And you'll keep us up to date on that. Yeah. One thing about it is the need is still there. That's for sure. You know, yeah. our wildlife agencies are still struggling. Yep. And um, it's needed. So yeah, that's right. Um, hopefully it'll come back. But hey. I'm sure it will. That's it. Yep. So. So what about this? Uh, what about this whitetail business? Okay, here's uh, this is some interesting uh, news I got for this. By the way, this came from a friend of ours, Eric Long, um, who had who runs the Drumming Log Wildlife Management, and then he's also part of the Deer Hunter Project with his buddy Cody Altizer. Okay, and it's it's D E A R Hunter Project. That's how it's spelled. On they have a nice YouTube channel. You can get on there. A lot of content on there. They're straight shooters. They're good guys. Good stuff to see. Yeah, and they're they're very well uh, respected in the in the industry, you know, wildlife management industry. Both of these guys. Well, here's the interesting thing: over the muzzleloader weekend in Ohio, Eric uh, took part in a fawning study. And what a fawning study is, is it's basically they can uh, once the doe has been harvested, uh, they go and, and they check the fetus if they have first of all if they have a fetus and then they measure the fetus and i'm not sure the calculations on how they do all this eric was trying to explain it to me the other day and i'm like i haven't taken calculus since 1984 so and he just laughed but there is some kind of mathematical equation they they um, put together to calculate when the deer when this doe was bred the dates so i'm going to share with you some of this interesting information okay so anyway the study took place on the weekend of ohio muzzler which was January 7th and 8th. It's a four-day season, by the way, for those of you that don't live in Ohio. So the, this was the opening weekend, and it goes through Tuesday, uh, the 10th of January. Okay, this study was done on, on private property in Muskingum County. Okay, there, was, there were six deer that were taken that weekend. Of those six deer, one of them was, unfortunately, an antlerless buck. Um, and that was I thought that was interesting, too. If you're talking first week of January... And this, this buck already has lost its antlers. Yeah, he gave them up early. Yeah. So we've had some crazy... I've heard a lot of guys, buddies of mine, saying the same thing, too. They're getting deer on, on their trail cams and seeing them with one antler or no antlers already. We're talking in early January. Who knows what that was caused, the stress from the drought this summer, and then that deathly cold we had during the Christmas holiday. I don't... Who knows? Wicked cold. Yeah. So that was interesting. Here's where the... I thought this was really something. Of the five doe that they checked... One doe, the, the, the youngest doe, um, she had one fawn, and they estimate that she was bred on 1124. So I'm thinking, okay, that's second rut, and they estimate her age to be two and a half years old. Okay, so that's not that crazy. Nice doe. Kind of makes sense, you know, all of that. The next four doe all had twins, okay? They were all bred between 11.9 and 11.12, Okay. The, the early show. The early show. So this is the prime rut, according to this. Now remember, this is a small sample study. This isn't the entire state of Ohio. This is just on this particular area in southeast Ohio, Muskingum County. But if you look at the numbers, you go to the Ohio Department of Natural Resource harvest, deer harvest numbers, you could see that 11-12, that the November 12th, that Saturday, there were more do- bucks and does harvested that day than any other day during the bow season early bow season okay so that's significant the other thing is all four of those doe and i i still can't believe this were nine and a half years old nine and, and a half. half years old okay now i'm no biologist i'm not sure exactly how that's that's telling me that there's probably a, a heavy doe population in that particular area and that's why 
Eric and his and uh, the private landowner there are targeting doe. Apparently, I didn't have a chance to ask Eric that, but I'm guessing that's what it is. So I've I've heard a deer that old, but to have four in the same area is crazy. And you know the rut taking place that that time frame is kind of like the standard time frame. You know that ninth or the second week of November. You know ninth through the twelfth or so. So. I just thought that was really interesting stuff. So the takeaways for me, you know, the first one would be the seems to be the peak rut, rut for here in Ohio now. Nice to know. Yeah, nice to know. Seems to be around that second week in November, and anywhere between the 9th and the 12th. And I could tell you, I took my buck on the 12th. I know Eric took his buck on his 12th, on the 12th. Don, you took your buck two days later or three days later, right? Mm. On the 14th or 15th. I can't remember when it was. Pretty close. Pretty close to that. Um, the, the other thing, the other takeaway for me, it seems to be that second rut is that last week in November. Okay. That first doe was bred that last week in November. And then I did mention this just a few seconds ago that apparently in this area, there seems to be a very high concentration of doe. So, and I know Eric mentioned to me, they were going to try and do another hunt the next couple of weeks before bow season closes the first week in February and see if they could take a few more doe out of that particular area. So, and remember, this is private property, Don, not public property, Mm -hmm. uh, not uh, public hunting. That is staggering to think you could have that many of that age. You know, you hear these things about uh, guys wanting to take a mature buck that's, you know, five and a half years old or or six and a half if you can find one. Yeah. The notion that you could have four does that age is just yeah, out of one particular area, too. Now, remember, this. I don't know how big this property is, but let's say it's 100 acres or 200 acres or whatever it is. That, to me, that's crazy, but that's why they were hunting it, you know, trying to get the doe numbers down. Yeah, that's a lot of old girls hanging around. It is, around. it is. So, hmm. but I just thought I would share that with our listeners, you know. I always find stuff like that uh, interesting. And then that the peak rut numbers or dates kind of coincide with everything that we have seen on our trail cameras this year. And then here I took that buck on the 12th, and I know uh, you took one a couple days later. So it's just, it, it, it's interesting that, that uh, the state kind of verifies that with the numbers that were reported. The 12th was a very good day in Ohio for bucks or doe. Kind of gives you something to think about for 2023 on uh, what uh, week you might want to have some vacation available and have the calendar uh, opened up. Yeah. You know, it was interesting too, Don, and because you remember this too, that, that week, I mean, we had a crazy warm weather that week. It was in the 60s. And I remember I was complaining. My wife's yelling at me like, you're whining like a little kid. Because um, it was so warm. It was in the 60s. It was just ridiculous. Well, that Friday night, a front came through. So that Friday the 11th, that front came through. And that Saturday, I, I, it was rain mixed with snow. It was crap windy. I remember it was a heavy west wind. And it was no sooner I got in that, that stand, it, I started you know, hearing deer movement. I was seeing deer earlier in the morning first thing in the morning deer moving through so that weather also triggered that uh movement um yes it's the rut but that weather i think helped trigger it too so yeah. just my observation here again i don't know two good things lining up yeah, at the same yeah. time what's that what's that staying my dad used to say all the time when um preparation meets opportunity equals success yep and success was visited upon yeah. you yes that's for sure <laughs> well good we we're gonna hope to Use that information for 
for success here yeah, in 2023. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to try to get Eric and, and uh, Cody on the show here sometime in the next couple months to talk about some some meaty subjects here um, that I know that um, they want to talk about too. Yeah, I, I enjoy their videos and um, and by all means, you need to check those guys out because yeah, they're real, sure. really on target with uh, good stuff with the whitetails. Do you want to talk a little bit about Jim Inbody before we get into his interview? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to look backward, you know, when we spoke with Jim, Jim, of course, is from the American Woodcock Society, which is a an offshoot of the Ruffed Grouse Society. And uh, those are both birds that we have an interest in. One, because we've seen them uh, up at Chris's place, uh, the Woodcock have, have presented themselves every year. And it's nice to see because you just don't get to see them everywhere. And the one we want to see is is the grouse, which we have not. No. Um, but we're trying. We're doing the things that we need to do. But uh, Jim is part of those boots on the ground that is making that happen with the American Woodcock Society. And uh, they had some significant uh, projects that included tree planting and uh, and acquisition of lands. And, and they have more in store for 2023. Um, and every bit of that that can get done is is positive for those birds and not just those birds uh there are so many spillover benefits to other wildlife and other bird life um we thought it was worth another another talk to jim so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do that yeah just want to get right to the interview then yeah let's get okay, to jim let's, let's move right over to the interview okay let's get to jim Inbody, and jim is the president of the northeast ohio chapter of the american woodcock society Okay, Jim, welcome to 120 Outdoors again. And Jim, uh, by the way, I don't know if you recall, you were our guest last year on episode 28, believe it or not, in season yes, two. Yes, I remember. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> About one I year. Yep. Yep. Almost a year ago yep. to, to the yeah. date. So. Yes, it was. Yeah, the reason why we wanted you on the show today, Jim, is to talk a little bit about, a little more about your, um, the Woodcock Society, you know, talk, us, talk to us a little bit more about all the projects you guys had in uh, 22, and then... Give us a little peek into the future here with your organization, and then, you know, let's see where the conversation takes us. We have a couple other things we'd like to discuss, too. Is that okay? Okay. Yep. Sounds good. That's good. So just take us through, uh, you know, just a couple of the things. I know you had two major projects last year uh, that you worked with. Uh, Can you go into detail on those for us? Okay. Yeah. Uh, The first one was uh, we had a white pine planting down at Highland Town Wildlife Area, which is down by Lisbon. Uh, we planted 1,200 uh, white pines down there, and uh, that was with the Division of Wildlife. They came out and helped us on that. Uh, that was mostly in a clear-cut area, and we wanted to put in some thermal cover for uh, later on for grouse and that. There are a few down there, and anytime you can provide some thermal cover from the snow and, and stuff like that, you know, that's a good way to do it. So, And we've heard they're doing real good down there. Now, let me um, let me ask you about that project, um, Jim, the 1,200 pines. That's First of all, that's a heck of a lot of pine trees. Don and I have done a lot of planting. Not 1,200 <laughs> pine, uh, trees, though. Um, yeah, 25 takes, 20, takes 20, us a while. 25 takes us. Uh, we're, we're beat up after that. <laughs> what the, what equipment were you guys using, and where did the trees come from? I mean, was it a, a grant or something? How did that work? Uh, the trees, we were approached by uh, the guys down there at Highland Town, Jeff Janosik and uh, Vern Snyder, and asked if we'd like to do something down there. And we said, well, we're always open to projects. So we said, what do you want? And they said, well, we want to do white pines. So we said, okay. 
So out of our funds, we purchased the 1,200 white pines, met down there on a Saturday, and uh, I think I believe it was a Saturday, maybe it was a Monday, because I know the division guys were working, so it probably had to be a weekday. Weekday, okay. Yeah. But they uh, came to, came out with us, and uh, actually we had them trees knocked out probably in about four or five hours. Jeez, were you using augers to drill holes? Uh, or dibble no, bars. We were actually dibble bars. Wow. Yeah, we uh, our uh, auger machine was down at the time. We have a, a small steel auger that we used, and we can put different size bits on it. But it was down at the time, so we couldn't use it. But uh, we tried some with battery battery drills with uh, those little augers on them. But yeah, they die pretty quick. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a system down, you know, a couple guys would dibble and a couple would put trees in and the next guys would, you know, push them in. Stamp them in. them in. Yeah, stamp them in. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. yeah, who else did you work with on that? You said the Division of Wildlife and was there other clubs with you that day too? No, that was just our chapter wow. that day. Wow, that's a big project. But we had, uh, yeah, Jeff Tanasik and Vern Snyder and uh, Brian Kay from the District 3 office even came out and helped. So Jeez. we got a really good rapport with them guys, and I mean they're great to work with, and they're willing to jump right in there with us. And what was nice about that area is the hillside that we did; it goes down to a, into a bottom, and then the other hillside where it was mulched to is all going to be hardwoods, oaks, and stuff. Nice. So that'll be a real nice diverse habitat area down there. Is that a place you have um, any future plans on, or is it good to go now? Uh, it's good to go. We're going to check with them down there and see if they want to put some soft mast in just to provide some feeding for, you know, if the grouse do use it and stuff like that. And of course, anything else that feeds on them berries and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's good. Now I'm going to jump away for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned the soft mast. If you were going to do that, what, what are the trees of choice that you'd be throwing in down there if you, if you were doing it? Okay. Well, we usually put in like uh, we'll put in dogwoods, or we'll put in uh, winterberry or highbush cranberries, something on the order of that that's a shrub that produces a lot of different berries. Hmm. Uh, I can't think of some of them right offhand, but it's just anything that uh, produces nice berries, especially holds them through the winter time. Yeah, see, we tried the winterberries um, on our property in Ashtabula County. They didn't work. Okay. Yeah, it's probably because it's too moist or something up there. I don't. I don't know what the issue was, but I know I, I tried a couple different times. It never took. So. Okay, we had real good luck with the uh, high bush cranberries. Okay, I'll have to look into it. So it's high bush yeah. cranberries. Okay, I'm writing, yeah. I'm writing that down. Yeah, we need to do the same thing. So. Yeah. And also, we'll put in other areas. We put in hawthorns and stuff too, because they they're not only good cover, but they produce. Excellent berries. Yeah, yeah. We've had success with those. Yeah. So that's good. They get some nice thorns on them, but they do produce some nice berries, too. So. They, they do. They do. So it's, uh, how about the other project you guys did? I know that there was a big project you were involved in uh, down in Kilbuck Marsh. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about that one. I know we, we were d- talking off air about that, how big that project was. Okay. Well, the, uh, the Division of Wildlife just purchased an area down there it's called funk bottom and i believe it's off of 30 down there by Killbuck. okay and it's managed by the same guys that manage Killbuck. and uh 
the the state of Ohio wanted to do an H2O project down there because it's uh, a lot of swamp and marsh and stuff, and they're big on the new H2O. H2O Ohio, is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which creates the wetlands and riparian stream edges and stuff for clean water and wildlife and that. So Grand River says, hey, or not, sorry about that. Uh, Kill, Killbuck. Uh, down at Killbuck, yeah. yeah. I lost track there. That's right. Killbuck uh, uh, asked us to say, hey, you know, it's part of its farmland. That's not going to be used, but it could, it's good for planting because it's not going to get flooded or anything we want to do a project there and uh we said sure you know so uh we went in partnership with whitetails unlimited they helped provide funding and manpower and we went in with pheasants forever ashland county uh they provided switchgrass and manpower so we have a field of switchgrass and then we ended up planting a speckled alder Okay. Uh, swamp white oak, red dozier, dogwood, river birch, and high bush cranberries. Okay. Now those tre- those trees all amounted up to one thousand four hundred fifty trees. Wow. That all, we planted. All good trees nope. too. Yeah. What was nice about that? We had an auger at that time. It's a small auger. It's a BT one forty, I believe, still. And uh, also, we had the Division of Wildlife down there brought their uh, tree planter out on the back of their tractor so that they planted a lot of the alders and the uh, dogwoods okay so we planted the rest rest of them by hand okay i know my my buddy eric long was down there helping you guys too yeah 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 he actually helped uh he assessed my property um after we purchased it he came up and drew up the plan for me too Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I, I know he's involved in all of that too. He 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 talked a little bit about that. I at the time I didn't put two and two together that you were part <laughs> helping that out, helping those guys out there too. Yeah. Well, there's so. another group down there that I mean, they'll help us out whatever we need. They said, "What do you need?" You know, and if we they have any ideas, they throw them in there, and it's just a nice cooperative work job with everybody down there to get something done. Yeah, it's nice when groups work together. Seriously, um, I won't get into politics, but it's it's, yeah. it's refreshing <laughs> when you have groups working together for one common goal. You know, well, especially yeah. when when that does so much good for, yeah, for so many different interests. Yeah. Uh, well, we, well, yeah, you just like with the white tail limited. I mean, okay, a lot of the trees we planted won't affect the white tails, and then again, a lot of the trees we planted aren't going to affect the pheasants. But right. then again, the habitat after it grows will be used by all of it, and the, and the pheasants will use the switchgrass. So after time, it'll all benefit all those all those animals that uh, those other groups support. Right. Okay. Well, hey, that's great stuff you got done in, in 2022. Um, what about 2023? You got any good stuff uh, you're going to be working on this year? Um. No, not right now. Uh, we did, going back to 2022, we did plant 200 white pines up at Grand River for thermal cover, which is adjacent to area we planted two years ago. Okay, so that's but a project as, you did the, a few years back. Yeah, okay. and then we, the last year we planted white pines by kind of to shelter break it from uh, the weather. Okay. 
But, uh, yeah, uh, this year uh, we're looking at Highland Town again, Killbuck again, and then uh, Grand River again. So, okay, so those, are kinda, those are the three projects lined up in northeast Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we might do some more up at Hampton Orchard, which is up in Geauga County. Okay. Um, we're always open to, like, Geauga Park or somebody wanting us to volunteer to do uh, invasive spraying or something like that. So it's hard to tell what's going to come along. Now, when we last spoke, Jim, um, you mentioned that you were um, participating in some land acquisition. I think that was at Grand River as well. Do you, do you have yes. any, uh, you have any more opportunities to, to do more of that, more acquisitions? Uh, no, they they keep looking at some properties in that, but uh, they're having a hard time getting funding to buy the, the acreage. That property we helped to buy, that was along with uh, – I, I think it was uh, the Turkey Group and some other groups, and that was 22 acres to add to the Grand River. But that was our first project back in 2014. Yeah. But, I mean, if they, you know, find some property they need some help with, we'll, we'll do what we can as far as helping them. Yeah, property is uh, it's a big ticket these days. So I'd, something we're sorely lacking, though. Especially oh, yeah. yeah, here in Ohio, especially. Yep. Yeah. Well, I know Grand River is always trying to, you know, add the blocks to the property up there so they don't have so much fragmentation of private land and public land. Yeah. But they must have to wait till the property comes available somehow, buy it, and then you got you know work with the state in Columbus to get funding. So. Yeah, that's, that's not cheap. That it's not cheap <laughs> for sure. No. So. Well, hey, um, you know, we've talked about what you're doing and, and what makes it great for your your woodcock. Um, what about the health of the, the population? Is there any, anything? Uh, I know you don't get data instantly, and a year doesn't mean much, but is anything different from a year ago when we spoke? Are they, you know, is the arrow pointing up, or where's it going? Uh, pretty much more stabilized as it was last year in our, our central flyway, uh, eastern flyway which is like PA over, they're still having a decline, but luckily they're doing more habitat work over there. So hopefully that'll boost their numbers. But, you know, when you look what's going on down in Louisiana and Texas, all that with these storms and that, you know, that's where they're all migrated to right now. Oh, boy. So, yeah, you're thinking, are they going to survive these storms and these floods and these tornadoes and everything? while they're down there vacationing Hmm. can't be good uh (laughs) no you just hope that they you know survive it and stuff and then we'll soon find out here in a couple months or so what uh what's coming this way as far as uh migrants now you you mentioned too that the over in eastern pa they're still they're they're not having as much success as we are here in northeast ohio And, and you mentioned habitat loss or the loss of habitat is that the number one contributing factor um, to the decline in populations overall. I mean, I know we're, we're stabilized here in, in our section of the state in this part of the country, but is it loss of habitat? Are there some other things that we're not sure exactly what's contributing to that? Um, basically, they say it's habitat. It um, is I'm habitat. I'm sure the v- disease and stuff falls in there. Um, but from Pennsylvania and, and all the way up the coast, you know, Maine and all them, 
they used to have heavy logging, especially up in Maine. Used to have all those paper mills. Mm-hmm. New York State used to have all those paper mills, and you don't have the logging like you used to to open up the areas. What's nice about the woodcock is being a migratory bird. If you open up an area, they'll use it. You know because they're coming through whether they use it as a stationing or as they use it as a nesting area. If you open up the pockets and give them decent habitat, they'll use it. You don't have to wait, you know, for them to come in from next door or whatever. Right, know. right. Um, I know you guys work closely with the grouse, the American Grouse Society, um, and they've had some issues with, they continue to have issues with that population. Um, and I, I, have you talked to them, Jim, about this too? I mean, I know that their big concern is habitat loss. Is there, yes. any, any, is it, it is, habitat loss continues to be. Yeah, right. it's, uh, we've got uh, our regional forester, um, Nick Bugia, he's getting with uh, John Swigert, and, and they're going to do some projects with us here in Ohio because they we don't want to be in the same position as what Indiana is, where, you know, their grouse are pretty much gone. Okay, I was just going to uh, ask, I, is that what happened in Indiana? I mean, it's just about depleted? Oh, yeah. Wow. And it's it's due to loss of habitat because they were restricted on their cuttings. You know, anytime they wanted to do a logging or something in one of their forests over there, unfortunately, they had too much backlash, and, you know, it got hung up in the courts and stuff, and the habitat disappeared. Ohio, un- unfortunately... It's headed that way, but we're trying to turn it around with the Rough Grouse Society and the state of Ohio with more habitat work, and uh, let's see what can happen. But the problem is 95% of the, the woods in Ohio are older growth, and they're all on prop, uh, private private land. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know you, you and Don up there, yeah. you're doing work on your property and yeah. that's what we need is more people privateers to do this habitat work yeah. and then maybe we'll be able to save the grouse because I'll, I'll be honest with you jim uh, and i think i mentioned this to you before i mean the on all the years then my wife and i've owned this property now six years i think six or seven years i have yet to see grouse on there i mean we've had everything it's pretty bad when i've had more bear <laughs> <laughs> seriously more bear than grouse on the property I've had five bear. No, that's, yeah, that's I mean, good, that's, though. I like it, seeing bears. It is. I do enjoy seeing it, but it, it kind of hits you between the eyes. You're like, what the heck is going on here? I mean, the bear, I got plenty of deer in Turkey. I'm starting to see a comeback there. But And I always enjoyed hunting grouse um, in my younger years. I haven't. It's been years since I actually flushed one, mm-hmm. you know, in the wild. That's, so The thing is, they are around still. I mean, I get reports, and then I talk to the division guys, and they see them. But it, it, when you have the land isn't conducive to them moving around and traveling, you know, you can have your property might be excellent for grouse, but if they have nowhere to go when it's time to disperse yeah. the family group, they're no. stuck there, and, and they're susceptible to disease and predation. Yeah, they're right on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. Now, down in... Uh, Southern Ohio, down like um, Brush Creek and areas where they've been doing a lot of habitat work, there are grouse kind of coming back. Good. But it's not really a huntable numbers. No. I mean, 
maybe someday my grandson will be able to, but I, I hope so. I hope my grandsons too. Yeah, I hope I'm, you know, and, and, and I and hate to be Debbie Downer on this podcast a lot, but I mean, that's what we've been accused of <laughs> some of the, but we well, had just like the turkey population. I mean, I'm concerned about the turkey population too. Hopefully, yeah. you know, I did see some turkey this summer and hopefully the turkey population starts to ratchet back up. But, you know, that's a concerning too. And uh, the long term, and it's not just Ohio, it's, it's all over the country. It's the same yeah. thing, you know. And, and it all gets back to habitat again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm hoping. Uh, I don't want to wait for your grandsons to see them. No. I, I want to see your grandsons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't either. You know, but you say you know, people might look at your, you know, your podcast as a downer and stuff. But when you hit people with facts, it is depressing. It, it is. It's, there's so it's much disturbing. that can be done, and it. You always, of course, it looks like nobody's doing anything you know and that's well, of course it's depressing you know everybody yeah. wants to see progress and unfortunately you know habitat work and that is not instantaneous where you know most people want i want results right now yeah like us yeah like don yeah. and i, <laughs> like yeah. Don and I yeah. yeah like i tell people they say well what are you doing all this work for you know you're never going to see it i says it doesn't matter to me yeah you know, it matters to the younger generation like if my grandson can take a woodcock or see a grouse out of the areas that i helped create uh that's that's all that matters that's a huge success know. story Yes, yeah. it is. And, and it is. if future generations can enjoy what I used to enjoy back in the 70s, 60s, and 70s, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah. yeah. We we share your view on that, Jim. Yeah. What, um, what was that saying you have all the time, Don? The best tree you planted was 20 years ago? Something like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the habitat work you did was the best habitat work you did was 20 years ago. Or not yeah. that long well, ago, you know. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. You got to, you got to. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how many times have we griped about how long stuff takes? Heck, it takes three years just <laughs> oh, to yeah. grow decent grass. You yeah, know? seriously. <laughs> We're still fighting to grow switchgrass three years later. You know? Yeah. But, like, you know, okay, you plant plant some trees now or, or do some habitat work now. You know, 10, 15 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, that habitat's not going to be no good. Right, that's what that's so you're exactly gonna right. You're going to have to go back in. It's it's nonstop. It, it is process. You, it, once you do it, you don't walk away and forget about it because then that's what happens. It's exactly you know, in these right. Areas that people might have done something, or a fire went through, or a tornado, or something, and nobody kept at it, and that's grown back up, and you're right back to where you started. Got the old growth forest again. Yep. Yep. It's not an event. It's a journey. It's, it's a truth. Yeah. It's. yeah. Well, Jim, hey, it was great catching up with you. We're we're happy uh, you're on the job and and getting it done. Um, that's well, all. I couldn't that's... do it with couldn't do it without my chapter. I mean, I got a great group of people. You know, and uh, what can you know? You can't do it alone. And you know, they're they're for me. So them and the state. Like I said, the guys up here at District 3 have been fantastic. Yeah, they have. They've been helpful for me, too. Um, you know, and I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing there, Jim. That's the other reason why Dawn and I wanted to have you on this show, too, is that we've been doing a lot of habitat work the past few years, and we know how hard work that, what that involved in that hard work. And, 
and, and organizations like yourself, um, the, the American Woodcock Society and all the work you guys have done, it's appreciated. A lot of people don't see it or understand what we're doing, but boy, it's, it's, it's hard work and it's, and you guys have been doing it for a long time. So thanks yeah. for that. Well, that's when we started the chapter. That's what we wanted was we wanted the boots on the ground. We didn't want to just sit back and maybe have a banquet and raise money. Uh, we wanted to actually, you know, be uh, on the ground actually doing the work. We like that better than the other stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, it's been real satisfying for us to to see it get done. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can tell from year to year. You know, you'll see different, you know, uh, progress and stuff that you didn't envision when you first started. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we also know that uh, you know. Your work goes way beyond the namesake, uh, the woodcock. You know, as interesting as the bird is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you're you're fixing a lot of lot of ills in in that habitat work. Well, everybody benefits from it. That's the nice thing. It's not just uh, just the woodcock. Everybody, the songbirds, the deer. You know, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, we all could win in that. So, well, everything needs that young successional force. That's the truth. Know. Yeah. I mean, you need your your old growth, but you need the young stuff too. Yeah. To balance it out. Yeah. Yep. Well, good work, Jim. Hey, um, we're glad you're on the job, and uh, we hope to catch up with you again. Yeah. Well, I enjoy your podcast. I learn a lot from everyone I listen to, so you keep up the good work too. Yeah, thank you, Jim, and and we'll see you here at the Sportsman Show in a couple weeks, I'm sure. Yep, we'll have a booth here. Actually, we're going to be right next to Muskie's Inc. So. Okay, you can be right next to us again. Okay, very good. Well, we'll, yeah. vi- we'll chat then, the whole time we're there. <laughs> sure, and if anybody wants to come on and get information or anything, uh, they're free to. If they want to go to the roughgrousesociety.org, uh, you can look up our events that we're going to have. Uh, contact information for me is on there under the American Woodcock Society chapters yep your facebook oh. page is great by the way too so they can, oh yeah, yeah they get a lot of society on facebook too check yep. that out and it's a lot of our projects on there very good well thanks again jim we appreciate your time here this evening yep uh, thanks my, jim uh, my pleasure i enjoyed it okay bud you take care okay you too we'll see you all right good to hear from jim again um I, i'm super happy that he's on the job chris uh, their organization does a lot of good things that uh that go kind of unseen yeah yeah he's done a great job there and i know he has a lot of volunteers helping him out and um boy every year you you hear about some of the projects they've completed and i know they had a really busy year last year and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do this year you know in 23 here so jim and uh, that that group there the northeast ohio you know chapter of the american woodcock keep, keep up the good work yeah it's it's one yeah. of the great challenges we have uh, habitat and habitat isn't just automatic it, it needs uh, some nursing along it and, needs time <laughs> well yeah yeah that too it needs Jeez. time yeah. uh, <laughs> everything needs time time and a hand up yeah so. seriously so, yeah great show though i enjoyed that interview yeah yeah that was good as we mentioned earlier We've gotten some work done in the woods. Uh, a lot of that work is similar to the work that uh, that Jim and his organization are doing. And that's going to lead us into our conservation clipboard, which is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to share a little bit more about what we've been doing uh, at that time. Yeah. So, Very good. Do you have anything else to add, Don? That's it for today. That's it. Okay, folks. Well, get out in your 120 and do something.
Thanks for listening to 120 Outdoors and our monthly podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave us your comments while checking out our Facebook page.